This week's episode is brought to you by Findem.ai. Want to build more engaged, diverse teams and close your talent gaps faster? Backed by AI and all the world's people data, Findem's People Intelligence Platform unlocks the insights you need to define what top talent means for your organization. We help you identify your skills and diversity gaps, then close those gaps in the fastest possible time through automatic introductions to top-rated interested candidates. To find out more, go to findem.ai. Hey, People Podcast listeners. This episode is with Jerome Turnick, the CEO of Smart Recruiters, and actually one of my favorite episodes, mainly which because we actually started off at Job Moms using Smart Recruiters back when we first launched in 2012 on their free product. I have a lot of fond memories and a lot of our customers use Smart Recruiters, so it's definitely a must-listen to episode. And they have some really cool new technology coming out and a lot of big announcements, obviously recently with Cielo, who we've had on the podcast before. So this was a really fun one. This is about eight months ago, so some of the content may be outdated, but Definitely worth a listen and yeah, tune in. Jerome's got a ton to say. Jerome, welcome to the People Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jesse. Yeah, pleasure's all mine. Just to get started, could you give the audience a quick overview of your background? Sure. My name is Jerome Turning. I'm the founder and CEO of Smart Recruiters for the Enterprise Talent Acquisition Suite, kind of the generational successor to uh, that applicant tracking system that nobody uses anymore. I'm based out of San Francisco, French, as you probably already have figured. Based out of San Francisco, started the company in 2011, and I'm on a mission to connect people to jobs at scale. Yeah, I'm actually, I've got a close relationship with smart recruiters. I, we, when I first started, I was 21 years old. I The first ATS I ever used was smart recruiters, when you guys had the free SMB product. Oh, very cool. And we, you know what? We yep. still do. We still do smartrecruiters.com slash smartstart. We have several thousand small businesses actually using smart recruiters free version. So the, the principle okay. is we don't charge you until about two, 250 employees. So you can have 10, 10 active jobs in parallel at any point in time without ever paying. And you get a pretty fully featured version. We're just cut out the ones that you know require too much setup or are too much geared towards our natural global enterprise. But it's pretty full-featured ATS. And yeah, thousands of companies are taking advantage of it. So Yeah, it definitely was a good start for us. And obviously, uh, we ended up being paid customers, so it worked out quite well. Sweet. What's what's happening in the world uh, of smart recruiters right now? Like, What are you guys seeing in the talent like recruiting landscape across your customer base? Yeah, I mean, what to what happened? What's in the landscape of smart recruiters specifically is, uh, you know, we just closed on a record first half year. Like uh, we've had our best first half year ever in the history of the company, which is congratulations. Somewhat, that's that's, that's yeah, surprising given everything going on. Exactly right. Exactly. I was going to say it's somewhat counterintuitive, right? But the truth is that when hiring volumes are low, is a perfect time for talent acquisition leaders to actually transform and reinvent themselves, especially, you know, what we do mostly is we replace outdated ATS to a modern TA suite. And it's a bit like changing the engine of a car, right? It's a lot easier to do it when the car is parked. And so that has triggered for us an acceleration of business early on in like March or April when Pretty much every every ATS, every recruiting tech vendor out there was busy doing layoffs and scaling back, sometimes very significantly. 
I told my board that we weren't going to do that. We were not going to lay off anyone. And I told the Smartians, the, um, the team at Smart Recruiters, that we were going to really leverage this moment to thrive, unite our customers, stand up for the market. And we really pushed hard, leaned in, and it, it paid off. I'm happy, obviously, by the results, but proud to see what the team has done and that we could help our customers, actually. That's awesome. You said you guys go with the name Smartians. Is that your guys' internal? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, cool. Awesome. I know. You know, we were we were we were gonna call ourselves the Smart Us, and then somebody came up with Smartians, because um, everything is smart, of course, when you have nice. smart recruiters like as a name, you know. But it's good. Yeah, we have planets and rocket ships, and it's all it's a nice universe. Awesome. Yeah, I actually agree with you. It's interesting you you bring up. It's like the analogy of it's a lot easier to fix something in a car when it's parked. And it's actually, I, I think it's a great time for companies to think about like what happens in two to three years when we're going to go to hyper growth again and we're going to start mm-hmm. recruiting heavily. What mm-hmm. systems, software, and procedures and policies that we put in place to help us when we hit that hyper growth again? That's, that's really a good point. Yeah, it is. It is actually even almost deeper than that, right? And when I say deeper than that, it's really that fundamentally is recruiting a support function, a transactional support function that's measured by, you know, cost per hire and time to film faster and cheaper, or is talent acquisition a strategic function that actually drives hiring success, that drives, you know, the ability to hire amazing talent on demand, which is what the CEO wants. And in fact, in the middle of, you know, hyper growth and, and when you're busy feeling wrecks, hand over face, you just don't have the time to reinvent yourself. And to a certain extent, now as a TA leader, you have the time. And I think now is your opportunity to reshape the way that the organization sees talent acquisition, to change your metrics, to change your technology, to upscale, upscale yourself, upscale your team, and come out of this not only stronger for the next phase of growth, but really reinvented in a way. Yep, that totally makes sense. What would your suggestion be to like talent acquisition leaders that and how they can transform their team, especially like right now with recruiters that have probably less a lower rec load? How can they repurpose those recruiters? Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I think the the first thing I would recommend is if you want to change the perception of your function, start by changing the metrics. As long as you show up as a TA leader, you show up to the management meeting and what you have on your slide says time to fill and cost per hire, nothing good is going to happen. No TA leader has ever been to a management meeting and said, next year, I think we should double our cost per hire. Right. Actually, as a CEO, I would say, yeah, why not? Why not? What's what's in it for me? Can I invest in recruiting to get better talent? What's my return? Right? And and we are just measuring ourselves. We're giving the, the executive team the stick to beat us. And so I, I recommend replacing old metrics and implementing the hiring success metrics. And there's a whole guide you can go to hiringsuccess.com for there's like a guide to hiring success explanation about those metrics we have hiring success master classes that you can take that are free i wrote a book about yeah, it so, that, I put that in the show notes. yeah there's a lot 
there's a lot of content out there. But at the essence, you're looking to measure yourself on three core metrics. Your hiring budget, which is total cost of recruiting divided by the salary of new hires. So now you're not saying, oh, my cost per hire is $2,344. You're saying, hey, we're investing 7% of new hire salary into recruiting. And if you say that to me as a CEO, I go, hmm. Okay, how does that compare to other companies? How does that compare inside the company across departments? Are we investing more in engineering, less in sales? Like, how do you actually manage that? So turn your cost per hire into a hiring budget measured as a percentage of salary. Second, kill your, your time to fill once and for all and replace it with a hiring velocity. And the hiring velocity is simple. It's the percentage of jobs that are filled on time. Now, as a CEO, if you tell me my time to fill is in 37 days, I'm like, I don't care. Like, start earlier, right? What can I tell you? But if you tell me our hiring velocity at this moment is 78%, I know that if I want to invade Belgium, 78% of the soldiers are going to be there on the day of invasion, right? Because hiring velocity and business velocity are very closely aligned. If we have a hiring velocity of 50%, then every decision that I make as a CEO, it doesn't matter because you're not going to get, we're not going to get the people that I need to execute my decision. So now we're talking about business velocity and then close this with the third component, which is of course, quality of hire, which never really gets properly measured in companies. And so implement a net hiring score, which is like an NPS. And it asks after 90 days after a hire, it asks the manager on a scale of one to 10, how much of a fit is this new hire? And it asks the candidate, the new hire on a scale of one to 10, how much of this fit is this new job for you? Then you take the nine and 10, the ones who are like, yeah, my God, best hire I've ever made, best job, my dream job, right? Minus the one to five, the detractors, the one who are like, not sure about this, or I made a mistake. And you end up with a score that is positive or negative, just like an NPS, and gives you a pulse of are you hiring more great fits than poor fits? And armed with those three metrics, you can actually now have a business conversation with your leadership team, and you can change their perception of hiring. And I, when we first kicked off these metrics, I ended up sharing this and I have them in my board meeting and every time. And I guarantee you, my investors are extremely keen to know. So, Jorge, what was your hiring velocity last quarter? And what was the net hiring score? And they, they look at these metrics exactly as we look at NPS from our customers or at sales numbers, if that makes sense. This week's episode is brought to you by 7Step. 7Step, a global leader in total talent outsourcing and solutions. Annually ranked as a top enterprise recruitment process outsourcing provider on HRO Today's Baker's Dozen list and a leading managed service provider. 7Step provides services in nearly 50 countries spanning six continents. They provide a bespoke suite of total talent management services, including enterprise and project RPO, MSP, data analytics, and employer branding. Total talent acquisition Solutions to organizations across a variety of industries, 7-Step Solutions are all powered by Saveo, a comprehensive talent and business intelligence technology platform and service designed to provide stakeholder visibility into talent acquisition and business performance. To learn more, visit 7stepRPO.com. Yeah, you wrap a lot of interesting points. I think what the first one is I've worked with dozens of different CEOs in, in tech and other industries myself. and 
you never meet one that's like, uh, I don't want the best talent. Everyone wants the best talent. And so I think what you're bringing up is a good point is now is the time to invest if you yeah. want the best talent in 2021, in 2022, and beyond. So that's a really, really good point. And I, I like your framework for measuring hiring, those three key items. Yes. Budget is the percent, hiring velocity, and then obviously measuring the quality of hire, which I think a lot of companies have a tough time doing, especially when they're small or smaller, mm -hmm. because there's not really a lot of good frameworks for doing it. So that's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And now we have to be real as well, Jesse, is that on, in, in these current times, you're not going to get any CEO to or CFO rather to pay any attention to your business case if it doesn't have savings attached to it. So yes, it's great that you want to transform and that you want to tell me about business benefits and I'm going to hire the best people next year. When we start to hire all of this is good, but I'm not listening because I, as a CFO, right. I'm in cost, I'm in cost savings mode here, right? So the reality is, so it, what's what's the way that they can do that? Exactly, right? The reality is you have to show up with real savings. And so here you you actually have a pretty simple business case to make. If you are recruiting on a first-generation applicant tracking system, in most cases, you have piled other systems on top of it. You have a CRM, you have an AI, maybe you have a job distribution engineer. You have other systems that have existed. Your ATS was not designed to attract talent, so the candidates don't really use it. It's clunky. The, the apply is not great. And then, of course, it wasn't designed for managers either, and so the managers aren't really using it, and so you're running all your process manually. A very standard situation in most organizations that are in first-generation applicant tracking system. So the business case is simple. You go to the CFO and you say, Look, I want to replace this outdated ATS and the surrounding system by one system that will save us cost in technology. So we're going to end up paying less money for one talent acquisition suite than we are for a multitude of systems we had and decomplexify it. This new system will actually convert candidates at a much better rate with a better experience, which means my sourcing and advertising Efforts are going to become a lot cheaper, so I'm going to be able to save money in job advertising and sourcing agencies and so on. And then the managers are going to really love using it because it's designed collaboratively, which means my recruiters are going to be way more productive, having finally all of their data processes in one place, which effectively means I'm going to be able to restart with two-thirds of the team I had before, or I'm going to be able to scale without adding any more heads. And so here you have the basics of your, of your business case, technology savings, sourcing savings, and people efficiency savings that's great what's the, the best way for them to like i'm assuming you suggest going with smart recruiters but what are the what are the like, key pieces you're seeing with that beyond like a ats what other systems are people using right now i think a talent acquisition suite should include everything there is no such thing as ats and crm it just you know it just doesn't, so all, all doesn't work like this, right? Comprehensive tool. <laughs> yeah, it has to. I mean, if you have an ATS and a CRM separated, it basically doesn't work. That makes sense. So SmartFooders has basically built a end-to-end -end platform, not even an ATS, then a platform for all things talent acquisition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it is a talent acquisition suite, which effectively includes everything you need to attract 
select and hire great talent on demand. So in the attraction side, you you have integrated native job advertising, you have a native CRM, you have a native referral engine, you have a native mobile apply, uh, recruitment marketing, website. So you have all your arsenal of you know talent attraction capabilities. Then in the selection phase, you have all the collaboration around hiring, scheduling, self-scheduling, manager access, the all the collaboration around it. So really like, Literally, if you can use Facebook, you can use smart recruiters as a manager. It's very, very, very simple. And then all the scheduling, scorecards, pre-integrated assessments, background check, and so on. We are pre-integrated to 400 vendors, right? So the the whole suite comes with one set of capabilities and pre-integration to the market, which effectively means you end up saving a lot of cost and money. And really, the this is one of the I think a weakness of TA today is that we're being asked to operate in a sales and marketing-like manner, you know, candidate experience, be smarter, why are you doing this, why are you doing that? But we're doing this with a technology, an applicant tracking system that was designed 25 years ago, right? Right. When we actually, the first generation ATS were designed, as the name says, to track applicants, we automated the file cabinet. We went from paper resumes to online application. That was the the actual goal of applicant tracking systems. I mean, when you, when you think about it, even the name is wrong, right? It doesn't say hire amazing people system, right? <laughs> we need a rebrand. We need a rebrand. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, Jerome, it's been great having you on the podcast. What's the best way for people to reach you if they want to learn more about yourself or Smart Recruiters? So I think the best way, of course, is to go to smartrecruiters.com. And there you'll find a number of resources, including a business case calculator and things you can help. On the hiring success methodology, the metrics, you have a lot of good resources on hiringsuccess.com. It's really an industry-wide effort that we have been spearheading. And if you want to connect with me directly, I'm on LinkedIn, Jerome Turning, and I accept all connections from TA people, and I am very happy to engage. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me, Jerome. Looking forward to connecting again soon. Thank you for having me.